What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And today we're going to be talking about the dragon brain. That's right. How are our our human brains related to the dragon brain? I think it's going to make sense here in just a little bit. I don't know, Jamie. What do you think? Do we give us a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. So about a year ago, March 2022, Chris wrote an article for Police One magazine. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was on a book called PTS Dragon, Post Threat Survival Dragon. The author is J.B. Van Cleve, and the illustrator was Joey Wall. And I really enjoyed this opportunity to review the book and then write an article on it because, first of all, it's a children's book. And what it does is it It talks about people within the first responder jobs. So we're talking police, fire, EMS, military, ER doctors and nurses and techs. All of these folks that on a regular basis, they are in life and death events. When they go to work, they literally have events take place where somebody's survival is on the line. And what happens within our human brain when those events take place, the stress response where our amygdala starts releasing stress hormones and it creates that fight, flight, or freeze within us as human beings. And what I like about it as a children's book is it it talks about all that in a much less technical way. And then it points out that when moms and dads go home, moms and dads that that just had this dragon step in and and help them survive through this critical life and death type of an, uh, type of an event how sometimes the dragon stays around for a little bit and and what it's saying is when your amygdala gets triggered and you have this stress response it stays triggered for a while and it then when you're at home and you have disorder because at at work for first responders disorder equals chaos. Disorder equals death. But at home, disorder doesn't equal chaos and death. Someone leaves their shoes out. There's no chaos and death. Someone spills milk on the floor. No chaos and death. Two kids are fighting. That's not chaos and death. However, first responders oftentimes have a stress response, a really strong dragon response that at home, because of the way they're brain is, is, is triggered. So I I think it just does a great job of explaining it to kids, helping adults even understand what's happening within them so that we can understand this and do something about it. And for Jamie and I, this book really related to us because of me being a, a, in the military, me being a first responder and what we've seen play out in our home. And it's not just Chris as the first responder, but he comes from a long line of first responders. So what did this look like in your house growing up? Yeah, as a third generation cop, I I got to see this as a child. Uh, My dad, his, his played out a little bit differently. What I saw my dad was, I saw him be more apathetic. And there's a a book called Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement written by Kevin Gilmartin. And he talks about the hypervigilance roller coaster and how when, when first responders go to work, whether it be cops, firefighters, 
you enter into this state of hypervigilance. But because that's not normal, when you go off work, your brain has this opposite and equal reaction where you dip down below normal awareness and you're almost in a state of apathy. So that's what I saw in my dad. I would literally be in the same room with the man trying to talk with him and he would be checked out watching TV and he couldn't hear me. And it wasn't that he was being a bad dad. It wasn't that he was being an absent father. He literally couldn't hear me because of this emotional, or not emotional, because of this, this physiological thing that was happening within his body. And I'll say that for us, when I've seen this PTS dragon manifest in our marriage and in you as a parent, it wasn't apathy that I saw. <laughs> Nowhere close. <laughs> it was a strong anger or... I almost said grita because that's one of my Spanish words right now. Yelling or... Um, What's grita? Is that yell? yell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or like a flight towards the problem. And, you know, I wasn't prepared for this. Like, as a young wife, I think I was probably... 24, we had two small children and you were graduating the academy and we were required to attend a short little how to support your first responder class. And I'm just going to be real with you. I heard nothing in that class because what they told me to do was read a book and I had two toddlers crawling all over me and I was trying to keep them quiet for the other people who were trying to take in information in this class. I wanted none of it. Just for real. I wanted nothing to do uh, with that. I just wanted to be reunited with you so that you could take one of these kids and you could have one and I could have one. And then my hand, at least one hand would be free. So I heard nothing about how to support my first responder in this emotional roller coaster that was referenced. Yeah. And it was coming, it was going to affect us folks. But we re- they didn't do a great job of creating the space where education could take place, where Jamie could understand it better. I read the book, but what I read was, was how to not enter into that state of apathy. I didn't realize what was going to happen to me, the fact that I was going to be this fire-breathing dragon sometimes at my kids. And I felt it. I... I can feel it. I'm going to use it in present tense just because his amygdala doesn't stop firing, right? He's just learned how to manage and work through. Yeah, good word. Manage and work through. So, yeah, I was ill-prepared. Yeah. This played out in a number of different ways. So, again, I, I mentioned spilled milk or conflict with the kids. I would say the two things that I remember triggering me the most is our girls disrespecting their mother. If they, if they talked back at Jamie or if they said something disrespectful, man, my dragon was firing. Like that was not going to happen. And he was flying down the stairs to jump on whatever was happening right there situationally. And like the tension of his foot feet hitting the stairs, like it just hurt my shoulders a little bit because I knew what was coming um, dragon wise down the stairs. And so did the kids. It's hurting her shoulders right now. I see it manifesting in her body as we're talking about this. The other thing was you weren't allowed to hurt my girls. And so when a sister hurt a sister, man, like the dragon was coming out. And in my mind at the time, this was good parenting. In my mind, this was good parenting because I was instilling in them that I am your protector And if anyone ever hurts you, 
I am going to be coming to protect you. Unfortunately, that is not what was seen and heard, I don't think. They saw this big dragon who was breathing fire at them, right? That was that was scary to them. So instead of me being the protector, I'm almost being the aggressor. The aggressor, right? They're they're afraid of dad. I don't want them to be afraid of dad. I want them to feel comfort in dad's protection, but that's not what was coming across at all. So in us being very transparent here, these were hard times. Watching as a wife, I'm sure living as a a kid, and I'm sure Chris, it was a hard time not understanding what was going on physiologically and, and trying to live through it. But I want to say something if you're one of those first responders. You're not a failure. You're not a failure. And we're going to give you some tools today to think about so that you can operate in a healthy way. What's motivated us to bring this podcast to our listeners is I've shared pieces of this with different groups of first responders, even non-first non responders, and I've heard it resonate with them. I've, I've heard friends and other first responders, cops, firefighters, medical folks, military, I've heard them say, oh my gosh, like that's me. Like I'm flying at my kids. I'm screaming and yelling. I'm, and I felt like a complete failure. And, and so we want to give you, first of all, appreciate Jamie saying that because I want you to hear that. You're not a failure. Uh, You might be failing. I fail sometimes, but failure isn't bad. Failure teaches me that I can do something differently and better. And that's what we want this, this episode to be dedicated to is how can you do it better? So we have three, three things that we believe has helped me, has helped us, and that we believe will help you in in, in doing this better. What are those three D's, Jamie? So they are delay, dedicate, and decide. And I want to kick off the first one with delay because I feel like between the two of us, I do this naturally. Um, and this could be my freeze and flight instinct kicking in uh, in conflict. But if Chris and I are going to have a difficult conversation or um, a conflictual conversation... I will often delay it because I don't want to say the words that are going on in my mind. They're often cuss words. <laughs> they could often be heard on the Yellowstone from Beth Dutton. Um, oh but gosh. I know that me speaking those into existence aren't going to help at all in this situation. And so delay is a really smart choice if you're not feeling uh, qualified to have that conversation right now. And we we tried implementing this into our young family life. We would talk about, and I don't know who introduced this idea to us, but we read it somewhere. If you're going to choose to physically discipline your kids, you need to make sure that you are qualified to discipline them, meaning we don't discipline them in anger. Unfortunately, we had that conversation in reference to physical discipline, but we didn't I didn't have the emotional intelligence, the awareness 
to extend that to other points of conflict in our family, in this marriage relationship and in our parenting. So the idea of delaying it is having having the emotional intelligence, the the awareness, self-awareness that, hey, right now I'm upset, I'm angry. It's okay to feel those emotions, but knowing it and knowing right now is not the right time. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to allow my children to continue to do some radically inappropriate behavior, right? We need to stop the behavior, send them to their room, take away a resource, their phone, their keys to their car, whatever it might be. But but then we're going to stop. We're going to stop it there. If I'm in conflict with Jamie and we're really upset with each other, I'm really upset with her. So she's probably trying to get away from the conflict so she can think about it. I'm pursuing her and and saying, I want to have this conflict right now. I was thinking about this before we hit record and at our last house, I remember her and I having this huge conflict in our garage. Don't remember what it was about, but I, I want to, let's resolve this right now. Let's finish this, this, this argument right now. And Jamie was like, I'm leaving. And my recollection was you were pursuing me like you're talking about. And I did not feel emotionally safe in that moment. And so I gathered the kids and we were out. I was mad that she left. (laughs) And my flight instinct was like this protector instinct going on, not just for me, but like I just felt a need to take my kids and we are leaving this stressful situation. Now, the wisdom in that moment was she eventually returned and we were both in a better spot to have this conversation. And I don't even remember what the conflict was. I don't remember how we resolved it. I just know that we did. We resolved the conflict. So delaying our response when we're in dragon brain. Super important. What's the next D, Jamie? Uh, The next point is to dedicate and explain a little bit what we mean about that, Chris. Yeah. So here's here's the thing, folks. Even though I read the book, I lived it as a child, didn't understand what was happening with inside of me. I thought I was just a bad dad. I thought I was just a bad husband. Instead of recognizing what's happening physiologically inside of us when we're having these strong emotional responses to things. So that's the beginning of dedicate. You have to dedicate the time to actually understand what's happening within you. You have to dedicate the time to understand what's happening within you. Because if you understand it, then you know that what I can do to to mitigate it. So the first thing is, is dedicate the time to understand and then dedicate the time to do something about it, to possibly heal your brain. If you're going through a post-traumatic stress injury like I was in the midst of some of that, where literally I'm on this, this anxiety disorder roller coaster, you're not going to be able to just like feel better. You're not going to be able to just stop. Like You will be able to, but you're going to have to do specific things to heal your brain. What are some of the things, James, that I did that you saw me doing in reference to being committed to calming this amygdala, calming the dragon, and getting back to a better homeostasis? I saw you seeking out therapy. So you you found it. You wanted to do whatever it takes to get better. So you're going to talk about everything and not hold anything back. I saw you being receptive to taking medication. And I know that there's a stigma with that in in life in general, but especially in our first responder world. But 
medication is one of those tools. And if you want to take the dedication step, maybe this is a tool for you. Yeah. I remember I was journaling, I was coloring. Uh, my counselor and doc put me into like a, a sleep hygiene to where I was getting more quality sleep, which is super good for our brain in this healing process. I was talking with trusted people. I had I had mentors. I had peers. I Jamie and I had a lot of dialogue about what was going on. I wasn't getting into all the nitty gritty of of every call that bothered me from work, but but we were having a lot more conversation. I felt like through all of this and through a fancy word for it, cathartic ventilation, talking it out, getting it out of us through that process. Literally the structures within my brain were changing. That amygdala was getting smaller. It was calming, which was allowing that prefrontal cortex, the executive function of our brains, of my brain to start firing. But I had to dedicate the time. We ha- Life is busy. You can make all kinds of excuses. I don't have time to go to a counselor. I don't have time to uh, to go to a doc and all this stuff. I can just deal with it or I'll calm it with alcohol, right? I'm just going to sit there and, and drink more alcohol. That's going to calm it down, right? And I may disconnect it for a short moment, folks, but that's not going to heal the brain. And so if you're experiencing this dragon brain, you, you have to dedicate the time to understand what's going on. You have to dedicate the time to healing your brain. And what's the timeline on that, Chris? I'm, I'm hoping like uh, two weeks, three weeks, two months. What do you think? Maybe two hours. I don't know. Folks, it's, it's going to depend on, on what you have going on. Honestly, this has been a 14-year journey for me. The anxiety disorder really, really was in a really good spot, a better spot after three weeks of intense, dedicated time. After about six months, I felt really good. But I continued. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see a counselor weekly after that. But I mean, I continued with my doc and my counselor for a couple of years, I think. And just continuing to talk through and understand my brain, my body better, and making sure that I was putting the routines in place, the disciplines in place that was going to continue to heal my brain or keep it in a healthy spot to manage the stress that was coming in. So for you, you got to be patient with the process. This may take years. This may take years. I said it's been a 14-year journey for me. I'm still understanding my brain. I mean, what what do you see different in me now over a stressful something, either conflict in us, conflict with kids? What do you see different in me now than what you would have seen 13 and a half years ago? Part of it is your diction and the way that you're expressing your ability to receive what I'm about to say and the space you're creating for me to say it. So 14 years ago, I don't ever remember you asking me how I felt about something and truly listening to hear how we could fix the problem. I didn't feel safe to have those conversations with you. Whereas now when we have a conflict, like even recently, you will tell me, I want to have mutual purpose and mutual respect in this conversation. And I see you listening and then saying back to me what it's, when I'm finished, what you've heard me say, because sometimes what you've heard me say is not what I meant to convey. So it's super helpful to do that. So I see an intentionality in you. In, in saying these things and being dedicated to understanding yourself in this. I will say, though, would you say that you've arrived? 
Oh, no, this is going to be a lifelong journey, folks. Right. Jamie and my brain is structured differently. Her stress response is different than my stress response. I think I will forever have a fight stress response. It's great for me at work. If someone is trying to kill someone else, my natural inclination is to step into that, to save other people and preserve life. My stress response is to fight. Jamie's stress response, as she said, is to flee. She wants to flight. She wants to get away from it. That's just our natural lean. And so I think this is going to be a constant process throughout our lives of how we can, how we can make sure that we delay it when we need to, make sure that we are dedicating the time to keep our brains in a healthy spot to respond to stresses. I feel like this is a great segue to our third point, which is decide. You know, in episode three that we recorded, it was called Fight Right. We said, we're on the same team. And this was a theme throughout that episode and throughout our marriage. We're on the same team. So is what I'm taking a stance on truly important? Yeah. When we get into fights, when we get into conflict, sometimes we want to win. In marriage, you don't want to win. You want your spouse to win because you're on the same team. And if your spouse wins, then you win. And it's just a... It's a shift in your thinking. This last week, I was teaching a leadership class, and a a number of times, I think it was the other instructor, uh, Ian Edwards, that brought this up. Maybe it was some students. I I can't remember who brought it up, but they said, "Would you rather be, would you rather be right, or would you rather be effective?" If you're in a conflict, would you rather be right, or do you want to be effective? And effective in this marriage relationship between you and me, Jamie, is us having a great relationship. Effective in parenting is that we're teaching our children great life skills versus me being right, right? And so it's just a, it's a different shift in our thinking when we make the decision. But for us to make a good decision, if you have a dragon brain, if your brain is like mine, and naturally when there's disorder, when there's chaos, you're going to be breathing fire, you, you have to delay it. You have to decide to understand it and to and to heal it, to calm down the dragon. But now you have the opportunity to decide. Decide what's important. You get the opportunity in marriage to decide, hey, we're on the same team. I don't want to win. I want my wife and I, my husband and I to understand each other and to have good conversation. Uh, so, but it's, we have to go in order there to delay it, to dedicate And then get to that spot where now we're going to make a decision of what we're going to do to to heal the brain. So the call to action today is to commit to taming your dragon brain. And remember, you're not a failure. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Mondays. We want to hear from you. How are we doing here on the podcast, folks? There's a few different ways you can help us out. First and foremost, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on. That will cause the next episode to come up. Also, folks, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you can rate and review us. On our main page, there's five stars waiting there. and We'd really appreciate a five-star rating that will increase our viewability on those platforms. However, folks, if we haven't earned five stars, they're your stars. Keep them. Shoot us an email instead at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know how to make it better. Future Marriage Monday topics or guests for me to interview. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is real tough. So go and love well.